you have a copy of God's word, look with me, Lamentations chapter 3. We have reached the apex of Lamentations, Lamentations chapter 3. This morning we'll be looking at verses 19 through 24. Remember Jeremiah has been laying out the plight of the people. It's been an ugly picture. It's been a difficult thing to observe. But now he points us to that which is able to lift our eyes out of pity for the people to the glory of our sovereign God. God, the truth that God is sovereign even in the midst of difficult circumstances is the anchor for our soul. It's the anchor that holds true in the midst of all difficulties and trials. So let's look at Jeremiah's continuing Lament here in this third lament. We start at verse 19 again. Jeremiah writes, Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord bless his holy word here this morning. So with this in mind, how do you respond to difficult times in your life? What do you do when God seems distant? When it seems as if you are praying and praying and God is not hearing your prayer? Where do you turn? What is it that you seek out or that you seek to hold to? Is your confidence God? For us, our confidence should be in God because of of what uh, God has done for us through Christ, those who believe. Is that your confidence or is your confidence God changed my circumstances? God changed my situation. God never changes, beloved. God is sovereign. And even in difficult times, I I, I believe God sends difficult times into our life as a test of our faith, to, to test to see what it is that reigns supreme in our hearts. Where is it that you turn? Where is it to to it that you admit? Do you immediately turn to yourself? 
That is a test. That is a test of your faith. To see if you have any false hopes in your lives. Because if, if it is true that God is sovereign, it is. He is there. Isaiah 50 verse 10 says, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys the voice of his servant? Let him who walks in darkness and has no light trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. The Bible tells us that there are going to be dark times in our lives. That there are going to be times where it seems as if there is no light. But even in those times, God is still worthy of our trust and our praise. Paul Washer said this. He said, he said, when you start getting into the more difficult classes in God's teaching, he's talking about the difficult trials, difficult circumstances. That's God's classroom. He said, when you start getting into the more difficult classes in God's teaching, he will leave you at times in utter darkness. He will leave you without anything to sustain your hope or your faith except the knowledge of the character of God. Sometimes it'll get, it'll get to a point in life where all you have is what you know about God. We've seen that with Jeremiah. Everything and the people of God. And first of all, for the people of God, it was because of their own doing that they are there. But nevertheless, they are in a difficult time. They are in a dark time. And this is God's classroom, God's classroom for his people. It is in those times, again, all you have is your knowledge of God to comfort you, to keep you. And why does God do this? Why, why is it that God puts us in times of darkness? Why does God put us in, in, in times of difficulty, in times where it appears to be no light? Because he's after something. He's up to something. He, he is putting you there to humble you, to put you on your knees, to, for you to admit that, that if God doesn't come through, if God, if I don't know you, God, I have nothing else. That's a good place to be. It's a good place to be where all you have is God. It may not seem like it, but taste and see that he is good. In those moments, trust him. Worship him. Praise him for, for, for not what he can do. Maybe what he is going to do, but just praise him for who he is. Oh, how good it is that we are able to come to the house of God to praise and worship him. I know some of you come here and your hearts are heavy. But this is a blessing that God has given you to come here and praise him to take your mind off of yourself and place it upon him and his truth and scripture. What a blessing that is. And we see that with, with, with Jeremiah. 
he doesn't go and talk about the, the delivery, even though he has made known that in his in in, in his book Jeremiah. But he doesn't he doesn't immediately bring that to light here in this these five laments. And so what's the first thing that we are to do if we're going to rightly relate to God in the midst of our difficult circumstances? We're to resolve to humble ourselves before him. We'll see this in verse verses 19 through 20. Look with me at the word of God. What we'll see here is Jeremiah transitions, right? We remember verses 1 through 18. It is Jeremiah has has given his testimony and how uh, the, the difficult time that that God has placed his people in because of his judgment on them. He has he has given his testimony of, of how these things have impacted him personally. And now now Jeremiah transitions from despair to hope as he turns to God. And as he pleads with him to remember, look at verse 19. He says, remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. He's calling God to to remember. Remember here is is a call for, for God's compassionate, not only attention, but in a sense, intervention in his hopeless situation. So far, uh, Jeremiah has felt that his prayers has fallen on deaf ears. Remember back in verse 8 of chapter 3, Jeremiah said, Though I call and cry for help, he shuts out my prayer. It it, it seems to Jeremiah uh, at at, at one point of of this this time of suffering that, that it appeared that God has has closed his ears to his prayers. And, and, he, and he said that it feels as if he has no hope. Remember, we read in verse number 18, he says, so I say, my endurance has perished. So has my hope from the Lord. And remember that we said that it's not really that God has failed Jeremiah. Jeremiah has failed Jeremiah. And, and and yet in the midst of all of this, Jeremiah, he, he, he doesn't give up. He, he doesn't give up. He, he, he says, remember my affliction. It's like he's saying, Yahweh, even though it feels like you are against me, remember my afflictions. Remember my hardships. This is the way it seems to me, but remember what I'm going through. Jeremiah, in the the big picture, he knows something about God and God's relationship with his covenant people. He, He knew that God never, he never forgets his people. (laughs) He never forgets them. And what he probably have in mind here. Is, is that he's framing uh, what he is saying here in, in light of what has already been said in Exodus chapter 2. Turn over to Exodus. 
he's remembering something about God and the testimony of God among his people. Exodus chapter 2, verse number 23. And, 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 and no doubt, every Jew, every Israelite, Israelite knew this testimony. They, they knew the, the, the testimony of, of the people of God when they were in Egypt. Look at verse 23. He says, during those many days, the king of Egypt died. And the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue for slavery came up to God. And God heard their groaning. And God remembered, remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel and God knew. <laughs> God heard their cry and God was beginning to respond to their cry. And, and Jeremiah knows that this is, the, this is the testimony of God's people. This, this is the testimony of the covenant people of God. God hears and God responds. He knows that God is, 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 is compassionate and that God will sustain him. We'll talk about the fact that that there are some, and how could Jeremiah say this? Because they're, they're still living. There are people still living. They're suffering, but they're still living. And what does that mean? You see Jeremiah here refer to the Lord as Yahweh again. He did it in, in verse 18. And, and what is that saying? God still is the God of his people. He hasn't, he hasn't ceased to be Yahweh. He hasn't ceased to be the, the covenant God of Israel. How, we read about how the, the, the babies are, are dying on, on, on their mother's lap. We read about how the people are, are starving and, and, and just how difficult it is for the people. And Jeremiah is in, is, is in a sense remembering that Yahweh, as we live it, we still got hope. It doesn't matter how difficult it may be. We still have hope. And if God is Yahweh, cry to him. Cry to him until he hears. Keep knocking at the door. Because what does that do? That shows that you are dependent upon God. In our in, in 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 our prayers on Wednesday, we 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 keep remembering, we keep remembering those who are struggling, those who have cancer, those who have difficulties. We keep asking God until He hears. Because that shows that we're dependent upon Him. Kind of going off my notes. That's all right. <laughs> Psalm 9, verse 10, Psalm 9 and 10 says this, it says, and those who know your name, hallelujah, those who know your name, 
put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Jeremiah goes on in verse 20. My soul continually remembers it. What is Jeremiah saying? He continually remembers his current experience and the people's current. He wants them to remember what, what, what their current experience is like. He, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to forget. He doesn't want the people. Remember, Lamentations is a template for the people and how they're to respond to what has happened. Jeremiah doesn't want the people to forget how bad things have gotten because of their sins. Notice what Jeremiah says. He says, my soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. Jeremiah has submitted to the reality that there is nothing that he could do or that anybody else can do that can alleviate his misery or the people's misery. He is overwhelmed by depression in his soul. And, 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 and why, is he do, why is he doing this? He, once again, he's not trying to elicit pity. He wants the people to, to be disturbed in their souls and to be brokenhearted because of what their sins has, called God, has caused God to do. Again, why? Why would Jeremiah do this? Psalm 34 and 18 says this, the Lord is near the brokenhearted. The Lord is near the brokenhearted and save those who are crushed in spirit. It's like Jeremiah saying, because he is, he is setting himself up as an example. Be broken. Be crushed. It's okay. It's okay to say I'm helpless. It's okay to say I need help. It's okay to say my faith is failing. It's okay to say I feel like giving up. Because God is near. God is near. And God is so wise. He is so wise. He is so wise in bringing us to the end of ourselves. And to see him as our only hope. That's the wisdom of God. Because if it wasn't for difficulties in life, we'll be arrogant people. We'll be people who, who will be looking to other things other than God. And that's what Israel did. So out of his, his despair, notice what Jeremiah says. Notice what he does, verse 21. He says, but this I call. This is personal to Jeremiah. But this I call to mind. I, but this I call to my mind. What is, what is this referred to? Well, some say it refers to everything that Jeremiah has said previously in verses 1 through 18. Some said 
it refers to what Jeremiah is, is getting ready to say in verses 20 through 20, uh, 21 through 23. But I think that it may, it, Jeremiah may have both of these things in mind. He may have both, uh, he may have uh, 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 on one side the, the, the remembrance of, of, of he is bringing to mind what, what the, the sin, what sin does, what sin causes. But then on the other hand, he, he has, he's going to have in mind God's faithfulness and, 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 and God's steadfast love. And so he says, but this I call to mind. Rather than complaining, Rather than wasting his time complaining about his suffering, he makes a choice. <laughs> but this I call to mind. He, he, he makes a choice. This phrase, call to mind, is an active choice. It's an intentional choice. It, it is a, a conscious decision that Jeremiah makes to bring Yahweh back into his thinking. He has chosen to meditate upon God instead of his own situation and the circumstances the people are in. He's, there's, there's a reversal. He doesn't deny what has happened, but he brings some new information into the picture. <laughs> he brings new information in. And this is similar again to what God has done with his people and what God has required of his people. He, God told Israel repeatedly, remember you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord has brought you out. Turn to Deuteronomy chapter 5. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15. Remembering what it was like before God delivered you makes his deliverance so precious. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 15. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath. Turn to verse, turn to chapter 15, verse 15. And here it says, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord your God redeemed you, that I commanded, that therefore I command you this day. Turn to chapter 24, verse 18. And we're starting to see a theme here. Chapter 24, verse 18. But you shall remember that you were a slave and you see the this is repeated over and over again that you were a slave in Egypt and the Lord your God redeemed you from there. Therefore, I command you to do this. The, 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 the motivation, going back to Jeremiah, the motivation to move forward 
the, the motivation to worship God and to, to praise God starts with understanding where it is that God has brought you from. Do you remember where God has brought you from? Is that constantly something that you're re reminding those that, that, that you talk to of, of, look, this is where I was, but this is where God has brought me. Do you have a testimony? Do you share your testimony? Jeremiah has both of these things in mind. And, 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 and this is leading him to pray. He says, and look what he said, and therefore I have hope. <laughs> His hope is the result of a change of perspective. Jeremiah understood that it is because of God's loving mercy that things are not worse than they are. That God has not destroyed the nation completely. And if you're like me, you can look back at your life and say, it is but the mercy of God that I'm here today. I can tell you it's the mercy of God that I'm here and I'm not dead. And I mean that seriously. God had mercy upon me. And because God is, is, has shown himself to be merciful in my life, he has given me, he, he has not given me what I deserve. He has, he has not given you what you deserve, but he has given you his grace. You have hope. <laughs> Psalm 103 verse 10 says, he, in reference to God, does not treat us as our sins deserve. <laughs> or repay us according to our iniquities. Hallelujah. God does not give us what we deserve. And we should be on our knees. We should be on our face because of that reality. We should always bring this to mind. It could, it could, my life could be worse than what it is. But I know God. Like Job said in Job 13, verse 15, Job says, though he slayed me, yet would I hope in him. Jeremiah's hope returned because he had shifted his focus away from the, the sin and its consequences and turned his mind and heart and soul back to the truth of the word of God, the truth of God and the, the, his faithful character. He, 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 he turns, he keep, keeps that in the back of his mind, but he's, his, his emphasis now is upon God. Look at verse number 22. The steadfast, of the, Lord, the, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Praise, and this is uh, Jeremiah remembering the truth about him. And this is what brings praise. When we began, pray, when we began to remember truth about God, that, that in a sense lifts us out of our circumstances, lifts our soul up out of our circumstances. He says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Even though God has punished his people, that's only a revelation of one aspect of God's character. 
there's another aspect of God's character that that He is a merciful God. Turn to Exodus chapter 34. Exodus chapter 34. This is Moses' encounter with God and asking him to show him his glory. Exodus chapter 34, verse 5. And it said, The Lord, in response, descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. This is the name. The Lord proclaimed his name said, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord of God, merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. But that's not it. <laughs> this is also true of God, but he will by no means clear the guilty visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. Yes, God is a, a merciful God and a gracious God, but he is also a holy God who judges sin. And in response to this reality, it says that Moses quickly, quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. And Jeremiah here is, in a sense, doing the same thing. He is praising God. The steadfast of the Lord, the, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Jeremiah, he, he understands God's history with his people. God, God, God's history with his covenant people. God has loved his people faithfully. He will always love his people because he promised to love them. God has pro he, he has promised. This is who I am to you. He, he has promised to be God to them, to be Yahweh to them. And that truth has not changed, even though they are in judgment. He never, it says, his mercies never come to an end. God is punishing his people. They're guilty. But Jeremiah knows that his mercies never end. I don't know if you get that. If you fully understand what you deserve, and at the same time, you know what God has done for you in Christ, your soul should be dancing. <laughs> His mercies never come to an end. Remember, the people are such, they're suffering. They're in despair. We're going to talk later on. They're gonna, we've already talked about how they're starving to the point where people are eating. They're committing cannibalism. You, I mean, you got to feel you got to feel the weight of what Jeremiah is saying. All of these things, are, people are dying, people are starving, 
the, the children are in, and there are children who are in captivity. Already, the, 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 the temple has, has been destroyed. The, the, there's no more worship. And, and, and Jeremiah says to them, in the midst of all of this, in the midst of all of this, this tragedy, all of that is going on. He says, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercy never comes to an end. A true child of God would say, hallelujah to that. But those who don't know God would say, that's a contradiction. His mercies never come to an end. Isaiah 54, uh, verse 7 through 8 says, For a brief moment I deserted you, but with great compassion I will gather you. In an overflowing anger for a moment I hid my face from you, but with everlasting love I will have compassion on you. Says the Lord, your Redeemer. Says Yahweh, your Redeemer. Jeremiah says, they are new every morning. Notice he says, they Many mercies. I'm, I, I'm about to start running. Many mercies. Not just one mercy, but God's many mercies. God has been merciful many times. And every morning, his mercy is new. God never changes. His mercies are new every morning. Because of us, it being in Christ. Hallelujah. Charles Spurgeon said, quote, if every day brings his troubles, every day also brings his mercy. No one can say that so truly as the person who has known what it is to prove God's great faithfulness in the midst of great affliction. Nobody knows that unless they have seen God be faithful in the midst of difficult circumstances. Jeremiah says, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Hallelujah. Remember that God is always true to his character has transformed Jeremiah's despair, despair into worship. God can always be counted on to be God. God can always be counted on to be God. He can always be counted on to be true. Psalm 119, verse 9, it says, your faithfulness endures to all generations. So guess what, children? The same God that is faithful to your parents, the same God that, that, that is faithful to your grandparents, if you trust him, is the same God who will be faithful to you, no matter what you're going through. Peyton and the Tay, you guys are getting ready to leave us. But the same God who has been faithful to you as you, as you have fellowship with us is the same God who's going to be faithful for you when you go to your new duties. 
I think one of the things man, that 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 causes many young people to leave the church is that they're not given the full picture of who God is. Jeremiah goes on in verse 24. He says, the Lord is my portion, says my soul. The word portion here refers to it's a, a, personal, a personal inheritance, a great endowment, one author said. It is, it is uh, in Numbers, verse, uh, chapter 18, verse 20, Aaron, as a representative of, of the priests of Israel, is told by Yahweh, the Lord, you shall have no inheritance in their land, neither shall you have any portion among them. I am your portion <laughs> and your inheritance. Jeremiah is saying the same thing, uh, something similar here. In a sense, he's saying all I need is God. <laughs> he is sufficient. He is all I need. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my portion. Says my soul. This is not just something that Jeremiah is saying with his lips. This is something Jeremiah feels deep within his soul. The Lord is my portion. The Lord is my inheritance. Similar to what the psalmist said in Psalm 73 verses 25 through 26. Says, Asaph says, whom have I in heaven but you? <laughs> Have you gotten to that point in your life where you can say, who do I have? But you, oh God, and there is nothing on earth I desire. I desire besides you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Have you reached that point in your life, reached a point in your life where you can say that? The Lord is mine. He is my strength, even though everything about me fails me. Jeremiah said, therefore, I will hope in him. Yahweh is his portion. He is truly blessed. And hope is only found in God. As I, as I close. I close and snot and all that before you. Now, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of God. I'm not ashamed of Christ. I'm not ashamed of his gospel. Are you ashamed? Are you are you willing to be transparent to 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 show God that to show the world that God is real? We shouldn't hide in the closet as God's people. Proclaim his name. Tell of his wonderful mercies in your life to those who don't know him. So as I close, Jeremiah, he's leading the people to God. He, 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 he is, once again, he's not trying to get pity. 
He he is he doesn't want them to seek pity. He uh, from others. He want them to seek God's pity. Worship Him. Look to Him for who He is. Hope in Him. And William Steele said this. Uh, those of us who are pastors, he said, the ultimate aim of a pastor is to lead God's people to offer themselves up to him in total devo de devotion of worship and service. And that's what Jeremiah is doing. This is the goal. This, is, this should be the aim of all godly leaders to lead the people of God, to worship God and to praise God for who he is. And that's what Jeremiah is doing. Because when we began to worship God in spirit and in truth, this worship brings clarity to a perspective, a perspective that is, is distorted. It, it can renew hope. And the reality is hope sometimes is born out of pain. You got to go through some pain. But there is a wonderful blessing that hope is born out of such times. And, 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 and pain often uh, leads to when, we, when we're in pain and we pray and we cry out to God, that leads us to trust him even more. Do you believe that? I pray that you do. Let us, let us pray. Father, we, many of us, if not all of us, know that this world that we live in, because of sin, is a difficult place in which a believer can live. And oftentimes the fallenness that is, is, is all around us impacts our lives. Think of the Christians in Ukraine. Father, it is the total depravity of the enemies who seek to destroy the, this, this, this nation, this, this total depravity of, of man is impacting those who are even your children in Ukraine, in Russia. And so, Father, we we can't dodge difficult times. This is what it. This is what we're we're seeing is that at, at one time or another, we all are, are going to encounter difficulty and trouble. But the most important thing for your children is how do they respond? How will we respond? How do we respond? How have we responded? Have we looked to you and proclaimed your name? Or have we looked to you and used your name for our selfish, for our selfishness, our selfish desires, our selfish ambition, our selfishness that desires comfort, 
more than it desires you. Father, help us to be like the saints of old in the Old Testament and those in the New Testament. Help us to be like the Puritans who live with live the life with with the with a real view of themselves and a real view of who you are. Father, we need your help to do that. We can't do it on our own. When, when, when we're struggling in our faith, we need your grace to lift us up in your word that you have given to us. And so I thank you, Father. I thank you for Jeremiah. I thank you for Lamentations. I thank you for uh, Jeremiah's uh, just transparency about real life. Thank you for Ecclesiastes. You had an opportunity to go through that. That's that's real life. That's life happening. And uh, that's life happening in, in the here and now. We thank you for helping us to understand and to see that uh, life in this world is is filled with futility. But as long as we have you, we have everything that we need. May that be true of us at all times for the sake of Christ. It's in his name I pray. Amen.